Hi, I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. Welcome to Stages Podcast, where we're bringing creation and connection to center stage. Stages Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh, it's autumn. It's sweater weather. And here in the Northeast, it is also time to start preparing for the stillness of winter. Some trees change color and shed leaves and carloads of leaf peepers put on their sweaters and head to the Northeast to bathe in its beauty. But the process of leaf shedding is so much more than just a tourist attraction. When a tree sheds, it conserves energy and strength. It pulls the nutrients from each leaf and then allows that leaf to fall away to the ground. Over time, it's covered in snow and creates fertile topsoil for new life. And just like the trees, it is the perfect time of year for all of us to let the things that no longer serve us fall away. I love that image, pulling wisdom from past experiences and then letting them fall away in order to grow new dreams. But letting go isn't easy. It's a practice like everything else. And sometimes we need a little help navigating that process. And this is where BetterHelp can help. BetterHelp offers customized online therapy, either on video or live phone chat sessions. It is very affordable and you can speak to someone within 48 hours. A good therapist can really help you pull wisdom from the past and let go with kindness and courage. I highly recommend. BetterHelp has a special offer for Sage's podcast listeners. You receive 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. So many of our listeners have taken advantage of this and we thank you because when you support BetterHelp, you support Sage's podcast all while supporting your own well-being. So just for today, put on a new sweater and then I want you to close your eyes, pick one thing that you can learn and grow from, watch it change color and fall away and then grow a new dream. Log on to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, slash stages, and love where you are now. Thanks, BetterHelp. Brandon, you know more about me than anyone should other than my husband. Um, Ditto, (laughs) so this should be interesting. (laughs) Okay, well, I had a really fun idea for today, Brandon. Mm. No, you cannot tell him in advance. Mary Why? Lee, you're yeah. like VP. You're just going to spring it on him? Yes. Oh, Shut yeah, just spring it on me. I'm 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 okay. totally game for anything. Spring it on me. Shut, All right. Shut I your mouth. Spring it. Brendan Uranowitz is a no is the greatest combination of qualities that make my favorite type of humans. He's silly, he's aware, thoughtful, sensitive, outrageous, smart, generous of spirit, the right amount of cynical, and wildly talented. He's a three-time Tony Award nominee for An American in Paris, Falsettos, Burn This. And I always catch myself saying, oh my gosh, he's accomplished so much at such a young ish age. But I'm reminded that he's been making an impression on the performing arts for decades because he was a professional child actor. I always seem to forget that. The New York Times commented back in 1998 that Brandon was a testament to youthful enthusiasm and lung power. And I'm going to now use that for the rest of my GD living days. I'd say that this statement is still true today. He's currently starring in the critically acclaimed Tom Stoppard play Leopoldstadt at the Long Acre Theater. He's one of my go-to people as he speaks truth to me. He celebrates me when 
it's appropriate. He challenges me. He commiserates with me. But beyond all of that, he sort of represents for me one of the happiest moments in my life, one of the happiest moments professionally, personally. We took adventures together. He embodies this sort of chapter, this stage in my life that was one of the heights. And he will always represent that to me. He is a genius on stage and off, and I am so grateful to have him in my life. Please welcome Brandon Uranowitz. Brandon Uranowitz to stage, please. Brandon, can we have you to stage, please? Yay. Stephanie. I don't deserve that. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you do. Yes, you do. But the (sighs) feelings are so mutual. I mean. That, that, That time in our lives. Lightning in a bottle. There is something about you that I would say I knew even before we did falsettos together. And it, I become calmer and happier and wittier. And I don't know, you represent it's, it's, all of these good things yep. for me. And did me you know too. that, Brandon, it's when so- you walked into the rehearsal studio to, to audition with her for our falsettos? Oh, that's it. Well, yes, so that was what I was going to say. I mean, I felt that. As soon as I actually, as soon as I, I was walking down the hall at Link in the basement at Lincoln Center, and I saw Stephanie talking to James through the open door, and like suddenly I just felt calm. Mm-hmm. As I, I mean, I was because that that entire audition process was hell for me. <laughs> it was torturous and long and just like um, never ending. Um, <laughs> and the you know it was like I I was climbing a mountain or I was about to reach the summit with this chemistry read with Stephanie because it was that final thing. I was so anxious and I, and I arrived at Lincoln center and I was walking down the hallway and I just saw her and and we, we made eye contact we saw each other and I just got, I felt so calm. And then in the rehearsal room, because of that, there was just so much freedom to play. Mm -hmm. You've never met before. Mm -mm. No. No. So you no. just made eye contact and you both kind of were like, oh. And I was like, oh, no, I know you. Yeah, yes, I love yes. that. And yeah. I wasn't sure that I knew him, quote unquote, in that sense before, because before the chemistry test, I went on YouTube. I tried to look at videos of Brandon and he was, you know, introducing his dressing room at uh, an American in Paris wearing like a pink cropped wig from the 1920s. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> But now now in in retrospect, I go, oh my God, that is the joy and the neuroses that makes Brandon so uniquely uh, delicious. And I use neuroses like as a loving adjective or verb, right? I mean, it's part of who I am. Oh, for sure. I can't, you can't like, uh, I I can't deny that part of myself. And so, and I'm happy that you would describe me that way because it means you see me. And did you always have that? Even as the young working professional actor at 11 or 12, did that? Did you have that little anxiety voice or neuroses starting Stephanie, to percolate? Stephanie, you've met my parents. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Was your so, dad an actor? He wanted to be an actor. I know he loves. My, he thinks he is. Oh, okay. He thinks he is. He. Um, no, my dad works in real estate. Um, but he loves uh, the theater, right? Oh, yeah. He's obsessed. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. He's obsessed. 
I mean, he still thinks he's my manager. Um, I love that. But um, I really do. Okay. Well, I'm glad someone does. <laughs> no, I do. I love, I mean, I love him. I adore him. I mean, he knows at this point, you know, I mean, I'm 36 now. So he knows that like, I'm in control of my own career, but um, he just fell in love with the theater when I fell in love with the theater. I don't think he knew that he loved it until he had a child who felt it in his blood, I guess. He's not necessarily like, dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) We can edit out anything. No, 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 it's fine. He's fine. Um, I don't know that, here's what I will say. I don't know that he has the language or the vocabulary that we have in order to articulate. He has taste. He has good taste when it comes to theater. Yeah, and he has the intuition. When um, my mom too, like if you talk to them about it, like (laughs) 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 if you talk to them about it, you're like, uh huh, right, yeah, yeah. But you can, but like they, you can tell what they respond to and what they don't respond to. And I yeah. can tell that there's, there is a, an intelligent, smart, tasteful perspective there. Just I just don't, don't know the that. Language. They just don't have the language. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are they what got you into uh, the little boy in ragtime? Did they push you toward that? They didn't push. No, I pushed them actually. And then of course my dad got bit by the bug and it was, you know, off to the races. Broadway, Broadway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well, literally, my my audition song was "Give My Regards to Broadway." So. There it is, perfect. Oh, you just is. you did it in Toronto. Did were you ever in LA? Because I was in the LA and Vancouver company. I auditioned in LA. So here's what happened. Oh my gosh, um, I didn't even put this together. Oh, I yeah. would have been so happy if we had met. Oh, I know. Could you imagine if I worked with you and then worked with I you? I would have loved that. Oh my god. Uh, um, God so, knew you were not yeah, allowed yeah. to know each other before, before Brandon I and I you. were. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 that wasn't meant to happen. It was yeah. written in the stars. So uh, there was this extracurricular theater school in Livingston, New Jersey called Performers Theater Workshop. It's still around. And I went there as a kid. I would go like three times a week. It was like my safe space. They were always, I was always like in the, the classes with people who are older than me, um, I don't know why. Because um, <laughs> your advanced uh, sensibilities in the arts. Yeah, yeah. Because that's an old soul. Um, and like some of those kids were like getting headshots, going on auditions. I mean, this was back in the day of like the the books. Remember the oh, books with sure. the like the agents and the managers where you could like yeah. go to drama bookshop and pick up like the little books. And so I was like, I want to do that. So I went and I got headshots. Oh my so gosh, here, please tell me it's no. up here. No, it's Did you not do up the here. composite thing where you're like a, a oh, student yeah, with glasses? Yeah, or yeah. you're sporty holding a soccer ball? Or <laughs> no, no, no. Here, I'm gonna show you. No, I took it very, very, very seriously. Oh, okay. So like I auditioned for Evita for the like child company in Evita at Paper Mill Playhouse. And I got it. And then I auditioned for A Christmas Carol at Madison Square Garden, the one that like Mike Ockrent and Susan Stroman did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got that. And they were like, okay, so maybe there's like something there. Then I auditioned for Ragtime in New York, made it all the way to the end. It was like me and a couple of other kids. Um, And they gave it to Paul Dano. Um, Oh. Yeah. And so he premiered it in Toronto. And 
then they were auditioning for the LA company, like not too long after that. And why can't I find it? I know that it's here. <gasps> Sweet Aww. baby boy. Look, you look at very you. Very serious. The word How surly. old were you in that picture? Like nine. You're adorable. <sighs> you are. Your Thank eyes you. are serious. Yeah, very serious. I love that boy. I love that little guy. Um, so then I so then they were auditioning for LA. So I flew out to LA with my dad and my uncle, auditioned there, and there were three of us left at the end of the day. And we knew that there were three spots open, that it was going to be the L.A. little boy, his understudy and a replacement in Toronto. So at the end of the day. And at this point, are you doing the little monologue like there's a house in New Rochelle? Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, the like scene on the swing when mother finds the baby, you know, that whole thing. And then they asked me to go replace Paul in Toronto. So I moved to Toronto with my mom, my sister. My dad stayed in Jersey to work and would come up on weekends. Um, we were there for like six or seven months and then they fired me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> they no. Did? Fired. Did you, do you what? grew up? No. Um, oh. I've been unpacking this actually a lot recently because I think it actually like traumatized me in a deep, deeper way than I at, thought. At that age, you bet. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have this I, memory of the kids walking down the hallway and literally they would be like pulling their arms up into their sleeves, trying to make oh, their sleeves not to look stay short. Oh my God, to look once small. they grew, once they grew, they were out. And I remember thinking that's a very unhealthy thing for a kid to yeah. be pushing against growth. They can't grow. Yes. Their arms can't outgrow yes. the sleeves. And I just remember feeling really sorry uh-huh. that that, you know, yeah. that was the case. Oh gosh. I was... There was like a party one night. I think it was when like Stokes left to go open LA or something. There was a party that we had. And one of the producers had said something to my parents along the lines of like, well, you know, it is a little strange to have a boy with the last name Uranowitz being, you know, playing this, you know, waspy boy. Um, And I think there was just something in their heads about, which I sort of understand from a producer's point of view, a show about race relations and immigrants and, and, you know, whiteness in America and all of that. Right. Mm To sort of like blur the lines in that way. They wanted to compartmentalize the white family, the immigrants. The family and the uh black family. And I also think I was a little, um, (laughs) it was hard. I think it was a little hard to rein me in on stage at that age. I was like very. At that um, age. At that age. It's hard to rein me in on stage. <laughs> Bring um, it. Look where it's got you. Look where it's got <laughs> you. Looks where it's got me. Fired from ragtime. <laughs> but getting fired from a big show like that as a little kid, that's a lot to process. I mean, that had to shape you as a as a kid and as an adult. I found this out years later. I guess they had like offered me to play they like demoted me, basically. They were like, you can come to Broadway, but you're going to be the cover. And my parents were like, I, um, yeah, it was sort of devastating. For a little kid, that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot for anyone to process, but especially for a little kid. That's right. That's a lot of change. It's saying we're, you only see it as rejection, right? I wish they would come forward and say, 
hey, all this is beautiful, but this is a bit like a meteor. Like you're going to yeah. shine bright for a while and then nature's going to take over. Your mm-hmm. voice is either going to change or your yeah. body's going to grow. And that's it. It's nothing yeah. personal. So just experience it. It could be a month. It could be six months. Who knows? But let's yeah. just celebrate that time, you know, because it yeah. does go really fast. It does. And before you know it, it's done and you're too old and you're gone. Right. It's, you know, sucks. Yeah. And I think that those feelings that you've now imprinted on yourself of growing is bad and I have to conform to the size and the being and the look that these people expect me to have. It's a really bad thing to shape a child. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of why I have, I mean, I think it's (laughs) circling back to the neuroses. I think it contributed a lot to that. I mean, I've sort of navigated my career at this point for better or for worse and consciously or subconsciously, I've navigated it as though the rug can be pulled out from under me at any second. So there's like a, a white knuckling sometimes that like is not always useful. I don't think it was useful during the first few weeks of rehearsal of falsettos. And to go back to the awareness of like the, the culture charged, seeing your name in a program, what the audience members might think and how, like you said, it blurs the lines of the Mm -hmm. storytelling. I asked this of Shoshana Bean when we had her on with Mr. Saturday Night and how we had heard in the community that it was intentional to cast Jewish actors in that storytelling for authenticity's sake. Obviously, they did it with Leopoldstadt. Mm -hmm. Now, looking on the other side as a grown man, Mm -hmm. does that feel meaningful to you to have a culture, an ideology or a religion, have that grouping of people, of artists to tell a particular narrative. Yeah. I mean, I think if that is at the heart of whatever story you're telling, I'll just use, you know, I mean, I can't speak to others' experiences, but like for the Jewish community, for the gay community, I feel like if identity is at the core of the story and how can it not be, I mean, usually, then yeah, representation matters. And it's important that we we step into those stories as ourselves authentically because there's something, I mean, even with Leopoldstadt. Oh gosh. Thank you for correcting me. Oh, well, it's no one one can say. Tell me, tell me again, listeners. This is how you say it. Leopoldstadt. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Thank you. You know, even with Leopoldstadt in London, it was difficult to find Perhaps. I mean, this is just my, this is conjecture. I don't know. But there are more Jews in the Broadway production than there were in London. And I think in order for this story, and this is not to like compare productions, I th- I'm, I'm sure the London production was glorious. But in order to like really make the material sing and make the story sing, the, there there is an essence that only people who have who share the identities of the characters can sort of bring to the whole picture to the entire thing and it's not it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be one specific thing it's just sort of like an essence an understanding a connection a tether from the human actor to the character that's sort of like undeniable and you can feel it as an audience and especially in something like ragtime you know, when I when I say that I was like 
<laughs> that it was difficult to rein me in on stage. I bet that a lot of that is intrinsically tied to my Jewishness on some level. Like mm-hmm. I bet that the neuroses that you're talking about is was somehow sort of wrapped in what I brought on stage and it didn't necessarily match whatever the wasp storyline is. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a disconnect there. So I do think authenticity and representation matters not just for the people watching but for the like general storytelling. I'm wondering how many layers of that onion can be pulled until an actor starts saying, am I only allowed? Yeah, correct. And I'm putting allowed in quotes to play a middle-aged white cis mother, woman identifying human. And then all of a sudden, then the definition of actor changes quite a lot. So really I'm just going to walk my way in life and walk that way on stage and sort of have a carbon copy of of that. And I, I hope it doesn't, I hear what you're saying. I think it's monstrously important. And I think every um, opportunity has a different discussion as to how do we tell the story? What does this company look like? What is, like you said, at the heart of the piece? I'm just, uh, no, I, 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 agree I, I will with say you. I'm fearful. I'm fearful. No, 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 actor, I, 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 I agree with you, but also, and there was um, many I, things. And I think there was also a Tony Kushner quote at some point. He was responding to Andrew Garfield in Angels in America. And he had said something that like, you know, if we only put people in boxes and we only yeah. hire like that, then that will be the death of fiction. It will be. So there's this whole movement to have things just culturally uh, appropriate and cast in that way. But then there's also the movement to do the colorblind casting, too, that they did with Hamilton mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. other things. So and I think it just it's a case by case basis. Well, and I think that's what I mean when I say like if there if the if identity is is within the DNA of the story. Yes. And I think that is important that to be represented. That's right. Even into the woods, it's fictional. So you can have this glorious line of all different shapes, sizes, colors, religions Mm -hmm. of humans telling these stories. It's about humans, not Mm -hmm. humans that are Mm -hmm. Jewish or are Mm -hmm. black Americans. It doesn't matter. Correct. I think that kind of casting is perfect. Like I think the casting they did in Into the Woods is absolutely perfect. It's oh, perfect. it's perfect. Right, because yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a universal story. But when the storyline is important to be told a certain way, it has to be told a certain mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. I want to talk about your director, Patrick Marber. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, because his birthday is September the 19th. Mm-hmm. This is mine. Which mm-hmm. means he's a Virgo, mm-hmm. which means, is he a Virgo? Is he anal retentive? Is he detail oriented? <laughs> is he a little um, uh, nitpicking? And I say that again with much love because I am referring uh, to myself. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, hello, brother in, in birthday. And I just wanted to see personality wise how that aligns with the September 19th birthday. Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it's it's actually hard for me to uncouple whatever his Virgo traits are from his like Jewish neuros- neurotic traits. Okay. Um, and now I'm my mind is sort of blown because 
Now I'm sort of understanding why you were such a genius as Trina. I mean, going back to the identity question, I was just like, why does Stephanie understand this so deeply, like on a cellular level? Why do I know this woman in like on a, on like an identity plane? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's kind of making sense to me that it's cosmic on some level. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he was, um, he was incredible and a joy, but got very sort of nitpicky, um, a bit, you know, when we were in previews. And I think that was a little bit of that anal retentiveness, a little bit of that neuroses, just like the anxiety of, of, I mean, you know how the, the, rev up to opening is it's it is just it's a lot it's It's a a lot lot. and it's so when someone comes to you and they're like when you put that ornament on the tree i need you to move it like two inches to the right because it's just off balance that's how i work and that's how i function and i was wondering similarly if that's how patrick works to a t yes i think a lot of that is you you feel like you're out of control when as your the train is Mm -hmm. racing toward opening night so you take control of the tiny little things that you can control that's that's very but those tiny little things with all due respect are not inconsequential like they they matter to me that's right you're taking control of the thing that you can yeah and i was actually very appreciative of it because it was specific you know he got granular in the note giving he got granular in the storytelling and i think ultimately uh you know when you step back and look at the big picture those tiny little things that could be perceived as nitpicking contribute to a a a much larger um more specific incredible story and i'm really actually grateful for it if you can allow for that kind of personality to gel with a personality that's a little bit different, creates in a different way, that's where creation is. That's oh, yeah. how you create on that's stage. Right. That's where the alchemy is. Yeah. If you that's fight right. that nitpicky, if you push back on every little thing, it's not, then you're not really participating in the, mm-hmm. in the real creativity and where mm-hmm. the magic can actually come from. Yeah. Yeah. So much about what I love about you beyond your talent is just your personality, your being. And we've already kind of laid the foundation as to where you came from, why you are who you are. And now we want to give you a personality test. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Are you are you game for that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, well, my Steph- butthole's in my throat, but I'm excited. <laughs> What did the okay. results? So let me tell you tell what you. I said for mine, right? Yeah. So mm. I did mine. Oh, I'm really excited about this, actually. Yeah, I knew you would be. She kept I'm wanting really, to tell okay. you in advance. I was like, no, no, no. This I'm is happy you didn't. Spring on him in. Yeah, this is exactly right. Yeah. So what are you, Mary Lee? So my results were: I am what's considered an assertive protagonist. My oh. role in life is diplomat. And I work with people strategy, people mastery. So um, I'm 68% extroverted, 63% intuitive, Mm -hmm. 63% feeling versus thinking, 69% judging, which is not like judging other people, but it's um, like how I process. Can I just- I'm 76% assertive. 
Yeah. Okay. Question. Mm -hmm. Um, that all adds up to like 600% as opposed (laughs) to like a hundred percent. So is this, is this, so my question is, is that like, it's like judgmental versus something else Yes. and 60. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yes. 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 Okay. So, and then it does break all that down for you. So it's, so all of those are like a single scales. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So identity is assertive or turbulent. Got it. Uh, oh. Tactus is judging or prospecting. So like, I need Got to it. know where I'm going rather than mm-hmm. prospect around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, nature, nature is thinking versus feeling. Energy is intuitive versus observant. Mm-hmm. And mind is extroverted versus introverted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those, those are okay. mine. And then it even tells you like about your, um, the very specific personality as well. Okay. See, I already have a problem with the first question. Define friend for me. I know, I know. The, the, believe me, I know. And as the definition I was of it, friends. I was thinking Sebastian's head would explode if we made him take yep. this yep. test. Yeah, Regularly so you have to. It, you right. do ha- yeah, I agree with that, Steph. So it is. No, yeah, right. So, like, are we talking about like yeah, people like that I will ha- welcome into in my life, life on a, a a regularly, or just it, have or... dinner with? I don't know. But okay. right. whatever kind okay. of comes to you first. Okay. Okay, great. I'm ready. You go first, B. Okay. You regularly make new friends. Um, do that like second green. M- me too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, I agree. I don't strongly agree. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Seeing other people cry can easily make you feel like you want to cry. Oh God. It used to, but then I went through menopause and now I'm like, shut the fuck up. Girl. I have enough of my stuff. Do you know what oh I mean? Like pull other people up together. Yes. Um, put, put me in the middle, put me in the middle at Here? this stage of my life. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put me on the, uh, the one to the right of the middle. This one. <laughs> Old bastard. Now, now here's the thing is I empathize with them absolutely see again these questions i empathize with them but it doesn't necessarily make me Want cry. To cry yeah that's yeah. actually yeah. healthier, it's healthier. It's healthier. Yeah. okay okay you often make a backup plan for your backup plan strongly agree yeah yes. I, I see i already have the check you often make a backup point. plan for a backup plan middle you usually stay calm even under a lot of pressure mm. Again, it's timing. Like I will stay calm until the 11th hour mm-hmm. and then my fear turns into anger and then it becomes something else. Yeah. But that's um, the now, are we talking about um, how we present on the outside? Cause I can appear calm while having a nervous breakdown, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's mm-hmm. like, if you don't express, if you're not expressing your stress, like by lashing out or breaking down, then I think that's what it, what's that, what it's asking. Uh, okay. Second, to- second green, second green okay. for me. And for me, it's the one to the right of the middle. This one, mm-hmm. my tone changes and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I become something at social events. You rarely try to introduce yourself to new people and you talk mostly to people you already know. No. So I'm going to put, yeah, I strongly disagree. I try to all the way at the yeah, end. Put of- me to the one to the left of the strongly disagree. Yeah. This one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, okay. all right. <laughs> this is really fun. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you prefer to completely finish one project before starting another. Strongly disagree. I strongly agree. Yeah, I knew you would. I already, some of these with Stephanie, I like already know what button we're going to. Okay. Yeah. 
You, you like feel good. You, feel good. you like to use organizational tools, schedules, lists. So yeah. Yes. yes. Strongly agree. Strongly disagree. Oh wow. I'm really. Uh, it's uh, it's a problem. Okay. It's wow. problematic for me. Okay. I'm very disorganized. Even a small mistake can cause you to doubt your overall abilities and knowledge. Strongly agree. Wow. See, that's interesting. It doesn't cause me to doubt, but I will sit in it with guilt and mm. like overthink the mistake, but, but it but doesn't so, shave so, off my confidence. So, okay. so oh, doubt is what you shave off all my confidence. So, yeah. Okay. So I, I strongly disagree. Yeah. Strongly it doesn't. Disagree. Yeah. Good you feel comfortable just walking up to someone that you find interesting and striking up a conversation. Strongly mm. agree. Yes. Yeah. Give me the, give me the second green. Yeah. Right there. Yep. You rarely worry about whether you make a good impression on the people you meet. Strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. <laughs> Strongly disagree. We're actors, <laughs> of course. We're actors. That's exactly yeah, right. That's exactly right. I want to please you. You in the back row. Just love <laughs> you want me to be. Just clap for me. Clap for me. I don't know who you are, but love me. <laughs> but love me. Oh my God, that one person doesn't love me. Oh my God, that one person doesn't love me. I'm trash. Yeah. Oh man. Oh God, you enjoy participating in group activities. Neutral. No, really. Neutral. Yeah, really? neutral. Yeah, neutral. Neutral. Funny. Okay. Yeah. You like books and movies that make you come up with your own interpretation of the ending. No. No. You like no. to be told what, yeah. I Well, if you're going to send me to a movie, don't leave it with a little dangle, dangle, whatever you think. Eh, that feels very unfinished mm. to me. Mm. Like, yeah, have a vision, give me a beginning, middle of an end. I can have uh -huh. my opinion about it, but don't give me the dingle dangle, no ending. No, no, no. All right. I'm neutral on this, actually. Okay. You're prone to worrying that things will turn out for the worse. Strong agree. agree. <laughs> You think right. the world would be a better place if people relied more on rationality and less on feelings. Uh, one to the left of strongly disagree. I think we have a, we have an empathy problem in this country. Oh, so. interesting. See, yeah, and I'm going right. to go, no, go all the way to green, please. Not strongly, but to the right. For me, mm. I feel we do have an empathy problem, but I also feel that we are sitting in a place mm -hmm. where we are all so emotional. We are Everybody's all so ready to matter. trigger at any mm -hmm. any mm -hmm. moment that in order to take a breath, let's think about that. Did they mean mm -hmm. that personally? Is it just, mm -hmm. so I think we're also personally emotionally charged right now. Mm -hmm. That's that very it's, true. It's not to the benefit it's of- It's a really a, good point. A, Can you move my- Civilization. <laughs> Can you move my one to the left of what I just said? Yeah, okay. there we go. Yeah. You prefer to do your chores before allowing yourself to relax. Strongly mm -hmm. agree. Strongly disagree. <laughs> disagree. I do strongly agree. You lose patience with people who are not as efficient as you. Oh God. Strongly agree. Yeah, me too. One to the right of strongly agree. It's me insane <laughs> when people can't do things. Yeah. That's a prayer I say every day. Tolerance <sighs> and patience. Tolerance and patience. I think that's my worst trait. That you often end up doing things at the last possible moment. Strongly disagree. Strongly, strongly agree. <laughs> really? <laughs> 
This is those are the things where Stephanie and I diverge. We converge on so many in so many ways, and that is the where we're on the opposite side of the spectrum. The opposite yeah. of yep. Now, after a long, exhausting week, a lively social event is exactly what you need. Strongly totally disagree. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-hmm. If your plans are interrupted, your top priority is to get it back on track as soon as possible. That's interesting for me yeah. because I usually go, oh, there must be like, I believe in reasons. So mm-hmm. I will say, ah, there's a reason why that's not happening today. It doesn't feel good to me, mm-hmm. but mm, that one's a neutral for me. Yeah. That's a neutral for me as well. Mm-hmm. Like decidedly neutral. You take great care not to make people look bad, even when it is completely their fault. Oh, yeah. Give me a great, give me the middle green. Me too. Uh, that's what I would choose too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gets me into trouble sometimes. When someone thinks highly of you, you wonder how long it will take for them to be disappointed in you. (laughs) Yeah, agree. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I would say um, middle green, middle green. Middle green. Yeah, I'm going to go neutral because I do have imposter syndrome where I'm like, oh, someone's going to find me out real quick. Someone is going to find me out. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is like... Like my core identity. Yeah. <laughs> Most actors. Yeah, second bubble. You feel more okay. drawn yeah. to places with busy, bustling atmospheres than quiet, intimate spaces. Strongly, Strongly disagree. I mean, sort of depends on my mood in the day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Give me give me small disagree. But yeah. I mean, if you had the choice between and take politics out of it, take religion out of it, yeah. Montana or New York City, where are you inhabiting? Forever? I, I mean, I, I don't know because I, yeah. I want both. Yeah, it's too hard mm-hmm. to answer that, I think. That's how okay. I felt. Because, like, you know, today I would love to fuck off to Montana and stay there for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you but know. Yeah, but you'd grow weary of that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm a little, yeah. You struggle yep. with deadlines. That I do. Well, that's, I mean, I always they meet the me. deadline, but the I'll be cramming until the very last minute. So does that mean I struggle with them? I mean, I always meet them. Yeah, because I think someone who doesn't struggle with them has them done weeks in advance. Yeah, that's true. Mine will be done in plenty of time, but I struggle with them. It will haunt me night after night after night. And so it sits heavy with me. Yeah, strongly agree. Strongly agree? Uh, Second to strong. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Second to strong. See, it's so vague. Uh, struggle emotionally, yeah, we'll struggle physically. To, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. you feel confident that things will work out for you. Third disagree. You don't? Yeah. Feel Small disagree. Sorry. And yeah, well, second- that's just my, um, I catastrophize oh, everything. Okay. Second agree. This second one? bubble. I do feel confident. Yeah. Mediator. Okay. You're 49% extroverted, 51% introverted. 51% introverted. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Your energy is 72% intuitive and 28% observant. Your nature Mm -hmm. is 32% thinking, 68% feeling. 
tactics, mm-hmm. 18% oh, wow. judging and 82% prospecting, like opposite. Totally. Now, what is the difference wow. there? What do so we judging is you have everything organized da, 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 and prospecting is kind of you fish around, you get things done when you can mm-hmm. go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and <laughs> yeah, very turbulent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh, we are almost <laughs> the exact opposite. Okay, yeah, it's very opposite. And Steph, you are the advocate. Okay, forty-seven percent extroverted, fifty-three percent introverted. Uh huh. You're kind of in the middle on everything. You're fifty-two percent really, intuitive really and forty-eight percent observant. You're right down the center, um, except for this one. You're thirty-seven percent thinking, sixty-three percent feeling. Oh, yeah, and judging. You're you're like right. me with the judging. Ooh, I'm very judging. Very judge. You have to. Have but with tactics, time. this makes this is where I think this is why I this is where I felt like we diverged was in the the tactics, yeah, the way right. we sort of navigate things. And I'm but like a lot of the other, but a lot of the other things are very similar. Yeah, stuff. I'm more like staff yeah. in the tactics. Like I, if I don't, if I'm yeah. not organized, I'm a stress ball. Thirty six percent assertive. Sixty four percent turbulent. See, like we're on on the on everything but tactics. We're very similar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, that was really fun. Thank Hold you. No, I Ooh, that was really fun. But that was really yeah. fun. So, were you what you thought you were, Brandon? Yeah, mediator feels right, but I, I don't know that I would necessarily describe myself as a staunch mediator. But when you break it, the breakdowns yeah. on the side, like the tactics and the, all of that, yeah, feels the two right. Characters you play in the play, what yeah. do you think they would be? How would you describe these two men? Ah. Uh, the character that I play in like the first half of the play is a mathematician. So he's very cerebral and very, you know, numbers oriented. So, um, but he's also like sort of neurotic and messy in his own way. Um, and I think he looks to math and numbers as a way of finding order within the chaos, but is not necessary, but is very keenly aware of the chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the second half, my other character, I mean, he just has so much trauma. I think all he can really see is chaos and it's hard for him to find hope. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know where they would, would, would fall, especially considering where they are in time and space within yeah. the play. Yeah. You know, it's hard, like Nathan at the end, who's a survivor of Auschwitz, is like, you know, so, so deeply enmeshed in his trauma that it's hard to, like, peel away those cobwebs to find out, like, who he might really actually truly be without it. If you just played the the script, the text as it is, you would have a million different characters and there's mm-hmm. not necessarily like it's not written in that they are double cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why I think the like double casting is sort of a little is kind of genius because it's not necessarily in the text. It was more like a Patrick Marber decision and and a Tom decision, too, because he's also Nathan is also a mathematician. Mm-hmm. So the way I've been describing it is and this is why it's so fun to play. Ludwig in the first half of the the play, who's the mathematician sort of before the war and then 
there's Nathan who survives the camp. Um, I think Nathan is not identical, but on the flip side of the same coin, he is Ludwig with his light dimmed Mm, in my, so I think, yeah, I think they would be sort of one and the same. They share a lot of interests. They share the, the need for finding order. But for Nathan at the end, the chaos is just an abyss. Um, And I think, Yes, he looks to math to give himself a reprieve on some level. But again, Ludwig, I mean, Ludwig is Nathan with hope and Nathan is Ludwig without hope. Mm. I, think. I was just going to ask wow. without getting to like method to pay a hopeless character. Is that affecting you right now? Is that affecting you in ways that maybe you don't bring home, but you're more exhausted on the ride home or yeah, like a I, I'm dark finding, cloud that you're having to fight a bit? Yeah. yeah. It's been a process. Um, it's getting easier with time. Um, with the repetition of it is actually making it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, rehearsals were really tough. It was really, really hard for me to let go of it. I was in a dark place. I mean, it was also like buffered by the gratitude that I have for doing this, which is so unbelievably immense. Um, And to be in touch with that gratitude and to be in touch with the obligation that I feel and the responsibility that I feel to tell this story and to do this play, um, that was an... um, an invaluable sort of priceless buffer for me from that, from just sort of like spiraling into that darkness. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really hard. I I could walk into the theater with all of the energy in the world and be like, great. It's only like two hours, 10 minutes, no intermission. It, it goes by really quickly. And there's something about for the audience and us too, to I'm like sure experience this event as a whole without interruption um, is kind of extraordinary. But like, again, once we were out of rehearsals, once we opened and we were just on a show and we, this week we were just on a show. This was the first week that we were just on a show schedule. I was like, wow, I've got all this energy. I feel rested. And I'd walk into the theater, like guns blazing, like ready to do it. And at the end, I feel like a husk. Yeah. And so it's, it's been a process. It's a, it's, it's an ongoing process, but I'm getting better at releasing it, but it's a, it's a heavy place to sit in every day. Yeah. Especially when you connect with a character on a personal level, Mm -hmm. but when it is elements of like, you know, seeing catastrophe around every corner or speaking to one's vulnerability, if you're feeding that part of your personality, it really does take a toll. Mm-hmm. But of course it wears, it wears on you because you're tapping into things that, that are hurtful or fearful or, you know, fragile. It'd be so interesting to take that personality test again, when you're doing a completely different kind of show. Because oh, oh, yeah, I wonder how much be. of that you take home with you. Yes, mm-hmm. of, of course. Where you are at that mm-hmm. moment. Because the experience informs, yeah. you know, your mental state, your where spiritual you are, state. Right. And so we're answering where we are. Yeah. That's right. Ooh, yeah. interesting. That's, 
that Let's is do one this of the again things. in like a year. And All right, you'll come back are. next year. You'll be, yeah. in a, you'll be in a musical yeah, comedy. Yeah, of course. Oh my God, are you kidding? <laughs> get into a musical comedy <laughs> and then come back. And we circle back to give my regards to Barad away. Remember me to Harold Square. And now it's time for the five questions. Tell me one irrational fear. Just one now. Um, I have like an irrational fear of just like dropping dead at any moment. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Mm. That's big. That's mm-hmm. big. Well, this question is going to be wackadoodle right after that. <laughs> uh, one thing in your closet that you will never get rid of, it can be a garment or a piece of jewelry or something, but it holds such memories. You'll never get rid of it. One piece of, uh, one thing in my closet that I will never get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the, the watch that my parents gave me, uh, after I got nominated for burn this. Okay. You've been arrested. You call Mm -hmm. your parents to come bail you out. What have they assumed that you did? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, it involves like weed. Oh, weed, weed. Well, you don't get arrested. It involves weed in some way. No, but like maybe, uh, I don't know. I I, I think they would assume that there was something weedy involved. Okay. Um, okay. You ask the next one because I want to finish. I want to ask the final question. Uh, Let's see, what should I ask? Oh, if you could be transported to live in any other era, what would it be? Oh, in any other era? I think like, the, I think the seventies, oh. I think I would have enjoyed the seventies a lot. Huh. I think I would have enjoyed the seventies. And we're back to weed. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Or is it yeah, like disco? free love and like sit-ins? Yeah. No, no, no. Well, Not the disco, well, the disco might've played into it too. That might've been a fun, like, mm. yeah. Then you're into cocaine. Like, it's a whole different I just thing. Hear the yeah. That's not the seventies. No, I just okay. hear the brothers Gibb. Um, okay final one and you're going to be good at this because you have been preparing for as long as i know you for this question if you were a nail polish color what color would you be and what's the cheeky little name (laughs) brandon and i no joke we have been taking pictures of nail polish colors and the cheeky little names and sending them to them or i'd show him a polish he's like oh god tell me the name of that color and i would tell him (laughs) this is a thing for brandon uranowitz this is not just because the name is outrageous and I love the name. I actually think that this color also embodies me. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with straight up OPI Houston. We have a purple. <laughs> That's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. That is so perfect. Wait. Did you see that name somewhere or did you just make that up? Yeah, it's a, no, that's an OPI color. Yeah, because purple, I feel like I would be a purple nail polish and like OPI, I can't, I can't beat that. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, I could never, I could never beat Houston. We have a purple. Yeah, no. Oh, Oh, I love it. Everybody. I love him. I love, I love you. I love you. This was such a joy. This is exactly what I needed. Thank you I for this. You. Bye. Bye. I love you both. Thank bye, you. Bye.
And now, here's what struck a chord with us. Oh my gosh, I love him. Yep. He's he's delicious because, you know, I was trying to find a, again, going back to personalities, I was trying to find a personality that our listeners would know, that you would know, that I could equate with him. Mm. And, you know, a thing... Ugh, so sort of archetype or whatever, but Larry David came to mind. I was like, no, no, no because no. David is far more lovable, far more yeah. open, far more yeah. generous of spirit. Larry David has like that. that edge that but he you know. has. Yeah, yeah, but he has that. Every time you go with him, it's not going to be rainbows and butterflies. It's going to be um, you know, a little bit of skepticism, a little bit of coming from a place of, um, I don't think so. It's never gossipy. It's never from a place of malice. It's never, and you walk away full and oh, elevated because of the time that you've spent with him. Yeah. He's so uniquely fun in that way and incredibly smart. Um, and he's an and amazing I feel actor. Amazing. Actor. Oh, oh. And I think he's <clears throat> just getting started. I honestly feel like with this play, he's at the crux of really like catapulting into a place of of real genius, which he already has. It's yeah. just having people now sit up and recognize, oh my God, he's extraordinary. Yeah, he's, he's really, really special. He's really wonderful to watch on stage. Yeah, I loved him in Falsettos. I haven't seen the show, but I really right. want to get to see it. Yeah. Nora vibe. And I don't yeah. usually read reviews. I don't usually read like a whole lot of tweets, but I have been really an avid reader of almost everything printed about this show. Yeah. And, um, it's going well for both oh, he so and glad. the piece. It's fun to see the people you love being recognized. Going back to that question of finding the joy in other people's successes, right? Yeah. Yep. I I live in that place. Yeah. It was the word helping other people get to where they need to get if it more so than helping yourself. Yourself. Yeah. That was probably the hardest one to tell the truth on because I felt like and I, it will, it will keep me up at nights going, I wonder what that uh, reflects about me. I wonder how listeners might think. I think there's uh, a balance. Like I, you know, you, there are some people who will put themselves second constantly to help other people get ahead of them. And, and I think that that can be a very negative thing at a certain point. I think everything's yeah. about balance, right? So there, I agree. There has to be a part of you that wants to have others succeed, but you can only give so much at your own expense at a certain point. You have to have boundaries. You have to have self-respect and, you know, you can't just yeah. give it all away all the time. I want to ask you, if you were overhearing somebody in a conversation, describe you in like three words, describe your personality in three words. What are the three adjectives you would like to hear? That I would like to hear, or that I think I would hear, <laughs> that I would like no, to that hear. You would like to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would like to hear them say talented, strong, and giving. Well, things that you want to be. I think you are completely. Oh, well, you're so sweetly. What would your three be? Um, loving, generous. And accomplished. Mm, I like accomplished. Yeah. That's a good one. Can yeah. I borrow that one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the other fun know, thing is we should ask each other this question every year, like every 
at the end of every oh. season, we should ask each other and wonder if they'll morph, if they'll change into something. They new. will. I'm sure yeah. they will. Yeah. yeah. So Amal, you've been busy while I've been doing eight shows a week. You've been creating on your end, um, your gorgeous album. Will you tell me about it? First of all, I feel very honored that you have something beautiful on there. I know. I love that song. Oh my God. You sound amazing. Oh, you're so amazing. Tell well, me, I, tell me I've been working on it for a long time, right? Because I started it when Seb was about like three. I, um, I decided one year I was going to record uh, a song for Father's Day. And then I was going to put all the pictures of the year onto, you know, like a video and that would be his Father's Day present. And then I just started doing it every year. And uh, then I took all those and I figured, well, now I have an album. <laughs> I used a couple of recordings that I had recorded before Seb was born, but most of them are that. So it's fun because it's, um, it's just the going through the years of being a mom. What I love too is hearing life in every one of those recordings. Cause it's not like you stepped into a recording studio and did it in 48 or 72 hours. Right. There is a year of life yeah. that spans in between each track. Yeah. And that I, I heard it and felt it. And it's so beautiful that Aww. you get to witness you know, a compilation of over a decade of your voice and your life in that voice. And it's, it's all there in one hour. Album. And it's interesting because there's so much that happened in that decade, right? So much that happens as you're trying to raise your kids and you get sick or you lose people or, you, you know, all these different things that happen and it feeds every song. Anyway, I, I loved um, making it over the years and I'm glad that I have the, the chance to put it out into the world. So it's fun. And listeners, the link will be below. So hit it, check it out, download it. You won't be sorry. So beautiful. All right, my friend. I okay. love you. I love you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you loved this episode or any of our episodes, please follow, subscribe, and share on all your social media platforms. Go ahead and give us five stars and a review. That helps us a lot. You can always find us at stagespodcast.net. Thank you to Allison Arns, our booking agent, Brock Grenfeld, our sound engineer, Noah Kaiserman and Garrett Healy for our original music, and Tina Wargo, our social media manager. Stages podcast is produced and edited by me, Mary Lee Fairbanks, and Stephanie J. Block. And thank you to all of you, our cast members, for listening. We'll see you real soon.